1: All right, Brian. Mailbag time. Yes, sir.
2: Let's do it, man.
1: First question is from Scott who Says, "What was the first thing that caught your eye today during spring ball?"
3: Notre Dame's offensive line is huge. (laughs) I mean, they're massive. Like you know, so I kind of saw them walking up, and I and I didn't get to see see all of them, but man, like Joe Alt is a huge person. Blake Fisher's huge. Billy Shrouth is huge. Rocco Spindler is huge. Like Tosh Baker is I mean, this is a big offensive line. It really is a
1: big offensive line, Ryan. And I, I only saw I only saw the walkout video of those guys, Brian. But two things that caught my eye on a video, and again, this isn't in person, so this isn't a definite statement, but one Blake Fisher looked really put together, man. Mm-hmm. And two, I thought Ashton Craig looked like he gained a lot of weight too, which was nice to see. He yeah. looked good. Number seven yeah. in the 70, He man. filled out so, nicely, yeah. Yeah, Ty Chan too looked massive. He looked like a massive dude. So, yeah, offensive line, man, looks looks like there might be some talent there, my friend. I'm interested to see those heights and weights and all that good stuff when we finally get the, uh, yeah. the full if, roster if, out.
3: If we finally get that, yeah. <laughs>
1: yes, we'll get it eventually. Yeah,
3: yeah hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah. Hello, please. So yeah, that uh, that was the first. And the other thing too is, as I said before, they're very fast and athletic at corner and linebacker. That's something that you talk about. We saw a lot of special teams. You're like watching these linebackers run down the field. You're like, yeah, these guys can really run. Can they play man. football? I, I, I don't. I know the corners can. I don't know about the linebackers, but man, they can run. They can really really run. That was the other thing that I saw today.
1: I'm excited for special teams in 2023 as well. There should be some dudes running down on coverage yeah. units this year. <laughs> there should yeah. be. Yeah. And my,
3: Coach Biagi, he does a lot of coaching, man. He's very active during the special teams periods. You know, we saw him getting involved and really focusing on technique and all the co- all, all the coaches were involved in that, which was good to see. It's all awesome. very good to see.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: Said, I watched the press conference. Interesting that Marcus Freeman mentioned every coach was approached by their teams. Then Marcus Freeman casually mentions speaking with the Patriots. Hmm. I did not catch that part of the press I didn't, conference. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, so so I heard, I heard the
3: Patriots. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Like, was he talking about, like, talking to the Patriots, like, about one of his
1: assistants? Because I know he wasn't talking I, about
3: leaving for the Patriots.
1: I need to go back and listen because I did hear the part where he was talking about every coach was approached. I heard that part, but I didn't hear anything about the Patriots. So maybe I just missed that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't hear that. And another question from USMA87. It says, any comments on the no longer with the program players and the two medical retirements?
3: Yes, we talked about the medical. So just to give some more context into the no longer with the program guy. Basically they were told they don't have a spot in Notre Dame anymore. And so apparently there's this rule in college football that if a new coach is hired in that first full year, they can convert football athletic scholarships into academic scholarships. There's some NCAA loophole. And so basically they they gave all those kids an option of you can stay at Notre Dame and you're going to be on scholarship and you're going to get your degree. You're just not playing football. Or, you know, if you want to still play football, you can, you can just transfer somewhere. And my understanding is Philip Riley and Joshua Bryan took them up on the I want to stay and get my degree from Notre Dame thing. That's really I don't know what Caleb Johnson's decision is. And so those two guys are, are going to stay. So that's basically what it comes down to. This is not something that they, I don't think they can do next year because it's it's that first year coach thing and type of situation is my understanding. It's what I've expl- how it was explained to me. But yeah, that's what those those guys are. They they didn't get in trouble. Like Philip, I don't did not get any trouble. Caleb not get any trouble that I that I'm aware of. It just was like a, you know, you're you're just you're not making it right. And Philip Riley, is an athletic kid, strong, and from from what I understand, just didn't have a great feel for the game, and, and didn't necessarily have like a great hunger for the game. To be honest with you, uh, which is okay, and and I think explains kind of why he decided to stay at school and get his degree. He's a sure. very smart, academically-oriented kid, and there's not a dang thing wrong with that. I just don't know if – I think football was kind of a means to an end for him, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he just – it was just more – he just didn't have a great feel for the game, and that was the thing that held him back. Caleb Johnson is a good player. He just couldn't put weight on. I mean, just really good pass blocker, uh, really good player, Just, just didn't – there's just better tackles there and just had really had, I, I was told last year he was in the two seventies That's for wild. much of last season, you know, and, and, just some guys have that problem. And so, and I, he worked, I look, i here's what I've been told about him. He's a worker. I mean, he'll, he'll put into work. It's not, a, it's not a lack of effort just for whatever reason, just couldn't, couldn't keep that weight on. Him. And so that was going to be his, his thing right there. So
1: interesting. That explains that from Tyler Erig says what's the overall excitement vibe you guys got today around the players and coaches starting practice this year versus previous years you know
3: i i don't know if i would say that there was much of a different vibe than than previous seasons again it's it's been a while since i've even been at practice to be completely honest with you but for me Ryan it, i think some of that stuff can be a little overstated you know there it's the first practice if you're not excited to be there for the first practice, you know, like what what are you doing here? You, you, you probably don't right. like
1: football very much, right? That's yeah, like,
3: what, what are you doing here? Yeah. I just I don't understand why why you're here. Uh, you know, you're always gonna have energy on your first practice. I've always said, tell me where you are in practice five, right? And then in the, in in the spring, you're a third of the way there. How are you? And then fall camp, like tell me how you are day ten, right, Ryan? You you know exactly what I'm talking about high school, college, it didn't matter. You get to day 10 of fall camp and you're just like is this really worth
1: it? <laughs> you start <laughs> you start you start hitting a wall, man, because yeah. I mean back then you went through two days too, right? Where it's like, right. man, I'm tired, oh, man. brother. Really? <laughs> I'm tired, yeah. man. the worst. <laughs>
3: yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I you know, day 1
1: You're going to look sharp. You're going to have energy. You're going to be springy as well. The further you're in the camp, your body starts getting beat up a little bit. Your legs are kind of getting up from under you. Like That that stuff happens, man. The the last practice that we're going to see
3: is going to be, let's see here, six, seven, eight, nine, the 10th practice. That's on April 14th. We're going to see the first five periods. I'm more curious how it's going to look then for me. I'm much more curious how it's going to look then to see how that how that's going to be i think that's going to be more telling than than anything else to be completely honest with you way more telling than anything else
1: from rob osgood who says i know it's the first practice but what did you see what did you see difference between a tommy reese and jared parker ran offense nothing i mean not nothing dramatic again some different drills
3: Right. but that's not when you're going to the difference isn't going to be necessarily during individual periods it's going to be more during the team periods the interactions in the in the meeting room those are the areas where you're going to see the differences you're not going to see a ton of differences in the drill work other than just tommy did these drills and and gino does these drills and i so, said oh man you know jared parker getting up there and and barking out routes and letting everyone and i'm like all right cool but like that's what they did before it's it's right. like what i don't want to do is make it seem like oh tommy reese sucked and it's so great now because that's just giving you spin right like right i want Jer- gino i want jared parker to do things better than tommy reese but there's no possible way that i could know if he di- is or isn't after five periods of the first practice when they're just going through individual and not even all five of the periods were even team periods right, right? so it, it's just one of those things where Maybe he is going to be better. I don't know that, but I could give you spin and tell you, oh, yeah, it's just so much better, and it's the way he communicates. Is so- I don't know that. It's five periods. We saw him like two and a half, three periods of them actually going through individual stuff. What I can say is this. During the routes on air period, Jared Parker was very talkative. He was right. there. He's barking out orders. He's telling people what's, what he wanted them to do. So he's embraced that role so far Of, of from the peers that we saw. That's all I can tell you at that point okay. in time um, anything else would be would just be you know pure conjecture up yeah uh, and, and to be completely honest with you and,
1: and if you want a pure eva- if you want a pure evaluation of coach parker it'll be i mean again it'll be that well, practice 10 that we talked i was about. about to say it'll be yeah. closer to the end of spring when you start getting player feedback and right. what the parents saying and all that type of stuff or, or
3: are they matters. bought in in practice exactly. 10, are they listening? Do they still have that same pep in their step? That tells me that
1: they're bought in. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. All right, here, is, here we go from USMA87 said related question where does the scholarship count stand after the announced player departures I think you said 87 Brian I believe I but don't hold me to that because I have to go back and and do make sure I've taken everybody off
3: and counted up the numbers and all. I'll do that after the show is over I'll have that uh, message board post updated within 20-30 minutes after the show because uh, I gotta obviously download the show and get that prepped for publishing on the podcast platform but I'll have that up here when the show's over, for sure. And again, the number you're looking That's for is- on the message is,
1: board, Yes, by the way. So go sign up for boards at irishbreakdown.com. But again, the number you're looking for is 85. And I if would argue it's like people,
3: 83.
1: Well, I was going to say it, because yeah. if you're one of those people that are like, well, give me a grad <laughs> trips, give me a grad chance. So we need yeah. to get below 85, obviously, right? right? So, yeah. Right. All right question next question from rob osgood who says do you think they are planning on using chris tyree as a debo samuel type of player Hit that this was the one we're talking on earlier uh, yeah i think possibly so. I possibly mean, yeah sort of
3: i i think i think uh debo samuel type but role reversed meaning a running back that's also playing receiver whereas debo yeah. is a receiver that's also playing running back is kind of how i would say look and coach freeman said this i was so happy he said this during the press conference He's like look we know that we've got to find a way to get Chris Wright, Tyree, the football. And I was like, yes, thank you. Yes. You know, and it's just, but you also know that he's not going to be running duo all day and, and running inside zone 50 times a game. Like, you've got to find ways to get him the ball inside and out. That's the yes. key. Inside zone, yes. But also off tackle, off also counter, off screen, also outside. So a lot of things you can do with him. you got to find ways to get him the football because then that all of a sudden makes him – we've said this. I, I, I've i broken this down, Ryan. That makes it so much harder to defend those other running backs, right? When Chris Tyree's a far, part of your offense, because every team knows that guy right there is a ninety-yard touchdown waiting to happen, and you can't lose sight of him because if you're late reacting to him because you're worried about Audric Estime, Audric will run you over and gain twenty yards. Yep. If you're late responding to Chris because you're dealing with Audric or Logan and you don't get to the perimeter fast enough, it's a touchdown that's the difference
1: yeah and
3: i don't i mean for for all the stuff that fans say oh he doesn't all i know is every time he did any kind of motion or got any kind of snaps defenses would dramatically overreact to him constantly Yep. north carolina did it cal did it clemson did it and south carolina did it in a big way and that's just that's why you got to use the guy because it's not always about using him to just get him the ball sometimes it's using him to as a as a we're getting him the ball but it's also as a decoy because we know that they're going to react this way to him and we're coming right back with a quick pitch to to audric you know have him run on the jet you just fake the quick mesh and then bam pitch that sucker outside to audric so the whole team's running this way and then you pitch that sucker out to audric and you block down maybe pull a tackle and all of a sudden it's audric against a cornerback right and that's it i'll take that i'll take that i like those odds I like those odds for Notre Dame.
1: Well, I, I think that was a great note during the press conference, to your point too, Brian, because it, he legitimately said, sometimes you'll hear coaches say, we just need to try to find a role that's best suited for a player or something like that. Direct words, you already mentioned one, need to get him touches. And then the other part was, we know that we need to have Chris Tyree on the field. That was mm-hmm. like word for word, right? And that tells me, that he's a part of the plan. They understand that they need to get more out of Chris Tyree in 2023. So that was a very positive sign, in my opinion. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Next question's from Brian Hockney. said, do you expect more roster moves going forward after today's announcements? You have to. Yeah. I mean, you have to have
3: at least, at least two more guys off the roster. There will be some guys transfer out at the end of the year because they are in position battles now and they're going to get beat out and they're going to leave. You're going to have you know, maybe a couple other guys are going to consider leaving for other reasons. So yes, you're you're going to have to lose two more guys, just the way that it is. Just yeah, it's just the way that it is. So you're going to have to you're going to have to have some more roster movement to
1: get nature, your get down to a legal a legal limit. Nature of the beast, man. Nature of the beast. From trash. Uh, okay, should we have gotten Hartman to pursue 2023 or should we stick with Buckner since he needs experience? You know, we, we've talked about this, Ryan, it was the right move to bring him in. Cause like, yeah. look, you said, like
3: if some, if Notre Dame were to have said, Hey, listen, we love Tyler Buckner. We think he's the guy. Yeah. We're going to go out and just get a nice depth player and, and and to back him up cause he's our guy. That sounds great. I, I don't, I don't know that I would have necessarily been critical of that. Cause I think Tyler buck had got a chance to be a special player, but here's the okay. problem. What if he gets hurt again? Yeah. And that's the issue and you're in the same spot you were last year yeah notre dame didn't go out and get sam hartman because tyler buckner doesn't have experience tyler buckner doesn't have experience because he he got hurt again and it was the second and so so see uh sophomore junior senior freshman sophomore so in six years he's missed three full seasons two because of injury one because of covid and then in one of those other six years, which is 2021, Ryan, he was basically just a off the bench, like running part-time player. Right. So that experience is the, the reason for the inexperience is why you needed to go get a Sam Hartman. And when it, when a quarterback the caliber of Sam Hartman is willing to come, I'm sorry, you've got it. You've got to go there. You've got to do that. Now I've, I've said before, if Tyler doesn't get hurt this year, Sam Hartman's somewhere else. He's not another name because Tyler's your guy. Yeah. And, and I'd be, gladly say, yeah, that's my guy. And you'd probably go out and get some Matt quarterback to come beat, give you some depth, some experience depth. But that's not the reality of where we are. So, no, they made the right decision. And if Tyler's the better player, he'll beat him out. And, look, is it a quarterback competition? Yes and no. Yes, from the standpoint of if Tyler Buckner goes out there every day and just consistently outplays Sam Hartman, I don't care if they made a promise to Sam Hartman or not. They're going to start Tyler Buckner because you know what Marcus Freeman is is paid to do? Win football games. Yes. And he's going to play the guy that gives him the best chance to win football games in 2023. But we also can say, but also no, because there's very little thought that he's going to be able to beat sam hartman out because of what you talked about the lack of experience yep my hope as i've said before my hope is that tyler buckner looks at this year i hope he really clicks with gino gadulian practice hope they really clicked and tyler says yeah i I want to compete but you know what what if sam gets hurt in game two like i got hurt in game two last year i'm going to stay i'm going to be ready my numbers call whether my numbers called in game one game three game ten Or Sam gets hurt in a semifinal game and I got to start in a championship game, whatever. Or the very least I'm the dude in 2024. I hope that he stays because Tyler Buckner is an immensely talented quarterback. It's just, I believe right now, the guy that gives this team the best chance to win is Sam Hartman as of right now. If that changes, then great. And and I'm a Buckner guy, Ryan, you know that. And if Tyler Buckner is good enough to beat him out, then you're going to be really scary. You know, really scary so yes he's going to get a chance to beat him out but it's i don't know if there's anyone that really thinks it's going to happen other than maybe tyler right that would be that would be about it
1: and i, I would say this right like you literally just went as much Mar- if i'm marcus Freeman. you just went through a season where your quarterback got injured and you were in trouble as far as from a depth perspective and from a consistency quarterback perspective all season the, the later half of the season after Tommy after tyler got hurt right and if I'm a coach, I'm saying I'm going to learn from my mistake not, – not a mistake. Let me rephrase that. I'm going to learn from my past experiences. And I'm going to say now I need to make sure that there's insurance. I need to make sure that I strengthen the most important position on my football team consistently. So now we're – I mean we're a year removed, Brian, from it like you're one injury away from it being chaos to – God forbid Sam Hartman gets hurt. You're like you got the guy that was going to start quarterback yeah. for you last year. Like you're, you're right, man. You're okay.
3: You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun, man. I'm just, I look, we're, we it's gonna happen. This is what fans are. There's gonna be the team Buckner people. There's gonna be the team Hartman. There's even gonna be a couple odd team Angeli people. It's just gonna happen. <laughs> yes, they're all Notre Dame quarterbacks. They're all on one team. It's gonna be At the, the some day. Team, I'm just fired up about. Team. Yeah, I'm just fired up about the fact that this quarterback room is so good. I yes. mean, and you saw it today. You're just like, oh, man, that guy can spin it. Yeah, oh, that guy can spin it. Oh, oh, that that guy can spin it. Oh, man, that's, that's beautiful. And you're just like, you see a ball and you're like, oh, I bet you that was Hartman. You're like, nope, that was Tyler. Oh, I'll bet you that was Tyler. Nope, that was Angeli. Oh, I bet you that was Hartman. Nope, that was Kenny Minchie. And you just, it's just, it's fun to watch. I'm Team Notre Dame. That's who I am. Yes. And whoever <laughs> yes. gives Team Notre Dame the best chance to win every week. Is
1: uh, what I'm looking forward to see. Mar- Marcus Freeman's team, Notre Dame, as well. Yeah. So, yes, very yeah. well said. <laughs> yeah. From B 1074. Could you see Emil Wagner being moved to the defensive line? Seeing how he isn't bulking up. I don't know that he isn't
3: bulking up right now. Yeah. I'm saying I don't know. Uh, he All didn't right. look noticeably a lot bigger he may be 10 uh, if 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 he was let's say 265 a year ago yeah and he's only 10 to 12 pounds heavier this year and that gets him up what to like let's say 277, 277. yeah and then he puts another 12 on next year it's like 289 i think emil could play at 289 at 289 he's not that far away from where robert haynes and zach martin played zach martin played most of his career at 290 295 his first-year starter, Zach Martin, was around 290. By the time he was a fifth-year senior, he was up to around 295, 300. Yeah, Robert Hainsey was never 300 pounds at Notre Dame, like no. ever. So he, give me a 10 to 12 game, pound difference. But here's the thing. His first 10 to 12 is not going to look tremendously different because here's the difference between like a meal and like a Billy Shrouth. Like Billy Shrouth looks noticeably bigger. His weight hasn't changed, though. That's because Billy came in as a little bit of a you – know, a lot of baby fat on him. And If you look at Emil Wagner, he looks like a tight end. Yeah. He is jacked. He is ripped. You can tell he works hard. He works out. doesn't look like your typical offensive lineman. So you're not going to see the same amount of, oh, wow, he looks filled out. I want to see the weight. That's what I want to see. Yeah, because he's a strong kid, man. Like, even though he's undersized, he's a strong kid. If he can get up to two, even if he can just at least get to two, I want to see what he can do with a 285. I really do. That may not be big enough, Ryan, but he's not far off, in my opinion. This is, hey, bro, eat a couple PBJs before you go to bed every night. That's all you got to do. You know what I mean? You'll keep that weight on. Um,
1: Yeah, and, it'll, and, it's
3: going to be interesting.
1: And the, and the other pro- problem with like the whole, because people ask this all the time, Brian, but it's like, Emil Wagner is a great athlete for an offensive tackle. Is he a great athlete to play big end though? Like that's no, a different conversation, man. That's yeah. a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. I just because he, he wasn't
3: really that in high school. He wasn't that kind of twitchy guy in high school. Yeah, I just he and wasn't. and
1: he's like six six and some change. And if he's let's say he's can only get up to two hundred seventy pounds, you're not going to play inside at six six and only two hundred seventy pounds consistently. Like you're going to be a big end. Most likely, right? And I just, I just don't get that conversation. I don't like the Rocco Spindler one. I entertain that well because you're like at least body type. Three fifteen,
3: you can say, hey, "Man, two gap. Just exactly. eat up blocks. Exactly. You know, don't get moved. Don't get moved. That's the big key.
1: No doubt, that's the big key. All right, here we go. Next question from Mark Brown. He said, what did, what did you see from the coaches that you liked, and what concerned you?
3: Uh, energy. You know, again, you. It, I'm going to answer this question from the standpoint of don't take this compared to what it wasn't in the past. I'm just going to say what it is now. There's sure. a lot of energy out there today, a lot of coaching, a lot of barking. I mean, like Chancy Stucky had his hat on backwards like this because he was, just, he was like just talking so much and he was getting into drills and getting in people's faces, not getting in their faces like in a bad way, but just like getting up in their face, like working on this. Like you know, he was showing them like how to stack and shed. On special teams, Chancey was working on that with them. So he had like he had DBs and and receivers with them going through through uh, through that. And so I mean, he's getting in it, man. Like Ryan, you've coached before, right? Yes. Did you wear hats when you coached? Yes. Yep. I always did. And when I'm walking up with my receivers and I'm going to work on press with them, I got to put my head on backwards because otherwise I'm going to constantly hit them in the flipping head. Yeah, and cool. it yeah. doesn't feel good but that's kind of how coach was going through it cuz he was just so in into it. So he's an example of it, right? You just see a lot of hustle cuz it's a young staff. It's
2: and they're insane. running
3: from place to place. Um, you know, so those are all important things. I love the energy. Jared Parker out there barking instructions, you know, getting after. Gino Gadulli is not a loud guy. I could never hear coach Gadulli, but he was always coaching. You could always see him working with his guys, talking to his guys. He's got some swagger too. He's got some he, swagger. So they have five quarterbacks, so the four scholarship kids, and there's a walk-on that they added today. Was a kid that, Yeah. Yeah, so here's the cool thing about that, Ryan. I don't know who the kid is. No clue who he is. But what they told us was he was actually someone who made the team from the walk-on tryouts. That's awesome. He wasn't like a recruited walk-on. He wasn't a guy that like – like he wasn't Luke Talich or Jordan Faison. They have walk-on tryouts for the student body. This kid showed up and won a spot. That's and he awesome. can he can I'll put it to you like this: Is he a kid that can play Notre Dame? No, he's not. If I got a head coaching job next year to Division three school, I'd be like, hey, uh, hey guys, can you uh can you talk to that kid that you had walk on for you this year <laughs> yeah. about coming and playing for me? Right? Because yeah. like at that level, that kid could that kid can sling the rock. You know what I mean? For that level, so he's a good football player. But they only had five, so they're doing these drills where you're throwing to your opposite quarterback. So like, so like. Uh, Sam a stone to Tyler, Tyler stone to Sam, you know, uh, I think it was like, um, like like Kenny stone to like Steve Angeli, something like that and then Coach Cadouli's out there with him and he can still sling it, man, like he can still throw it so you'll see guys make a mistake and he'll like, he'll like show them the technique, he's like, you know, like really drive off that back foot, you know, really plant like you you, you see a lot of that, right didn't see a lot from Coach Rudolph because again, they were so far away and it's just like, yeah, I can't, I'm not going to pay attention to that but you know you saw a lot of coaching today so i'm not saying coach rudolph wasn't doing that i'm just saying like he was further away and i just sure you know i just i can't watch everyone in one practice so that's um like it's easier to watch everyone and give those really long detailed reports when it's a full practice because then there's certain periods like okay the receivers are down here doing stalk blocking so let me go watch these o-line d-line one-on-ones right you you make those decisions during the first five periods, it's like if I saw everyone, then I wouldn't have much of a feel for anybody. That's the reality I, of it.
1: I saw a video before when Co- when Coach uh, Gauduoli was miked up, Brian, when he was at Cincinnati, and they, um, you know, he's he has like this really like cool vibe to him, and they snuck. You remember Kobe Bryant, their cornerback? Oh yeah, yeah. They snuck him in to play corner uh, to play quarterback on That's one cool. play in his offense. <laughs> it was dope, man. It was yeah. really funny.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was really good. And he's a country boy. I mean, he's from he's from Kentucky, right? Oh, yeah. And so he's he's an interesting right. guy. They get a got a couple
1: Kentucky guys now, man. They got a couple Kentucky guys now, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah, let's go here. Next question is from Mark Brown again. Oh, are we I've kind of already talked about those mark okay. those those medicals. So let me get down to another one here, Ryan. Yep. No mm-hmm. worries. From Trash said mailbag: Should Notre Dame focus on capitalizing in 2023? According to many, this is our year since most teams are down, or should we focus on 2024 with the expanded playoffs and hopefully another year of experience? I mean, you focus on every year. I, I don't get this question. Yeah. Like, I don't know
3: well, what he said. It, it kind of goes back to his original question about Buckner the versus Buckner. Hartman. Got it. You know, it. and it's like, look, you right now Notre Dame is the kind of team where they should be focused on this upcoming season and trying to win a championship this upcoming season. And if they feel Tyler Buckner gives them that shot, then play Tyler Buckner. If you think Sam Hartman gives you that shot, and you play Sam Hartman, even if it means you might lose Tyler Buckner. And then you can figure out the quarterback thing next year and go back to the poor and get another Tyler Buckner, or I mean another Sam Hartman type.
1: Yeah.
3: Or, you know, you'll have maybe Kenny Minchie makes a jump. Maybe Angeli makes a jump. You'll have C.J. Carr on campus, you know. Yep. So you worry about this year. And, and I'll tell you this. There is zero doubt in my mind, zero doubt in my mind, that this coaching staff, by and large, Truly believes this team has a shot. And it's not just because Georgia's down or how state's down. I mean, those things are true. But whenever I've talked to coaches and when I've talked to people off the record, it's not that. Or when I've talked to people that know coaches, because sometimes I'm like, hey, man, you know this guy better than I do. What's he saying to you? All oh, right. Man, this guy's fired up about this team. It, they genuinely think they have a shot to make a run because of who they are. Now they know that they're not perfect yet. And on March 22nd, you're not going to be perfect. There's questions that need to get answered. But they, they see the talent. They love the talent. And that's the key, Ryan. That's yes. where they're at. So yeah, you got to make what because like here's the deal. Maybe say, hey, if Tyler plays now, maybe you drop a couple games. Like if I were to say to say to you, hey, you know, I can promise you that if Tyler starts, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be ten and two, but you're gonna have a shot to win a title in twenty four. That's not fair to um Joe, Joe Alt. It's not fair to Cam Hart. It's not fair to JD Bertrand. It's not fair to, you know, I'm trying to think of guys who are probably in their last season of college football, right? It's not fair to those guys for you to kind of sacrifice this year, because maybe you might be a little bit better position in 2024, which I don't necessarily agree with. Yep. Make your run, man, make your run. And, but see, that's what Brian Kelly would always do. It was always, you'd always hear this from sources. No, no, this team's going to be good, but wait till next year. We always heard that. Yeah. And it's like, well, next year came. No, 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 no. But wait till next year. Like, bro, we've been doing this for how long? How about you get this team ready to go? Yeah. And uh, that's what I like. I like hearing. Now, will they do be that team? Or... I don't know, Ryan. Well, I just like that they're working towards that and pushing for that, not doing this whole, well, wait till next year.
1: Thing. Sure. They, they usually do this, uh, the next year conversation on like the NFL side of things where it's like, tear it down and build it back up. And when you're a bad football team, I am good with this thought process, right? Like let's yeah. build towards the future. We're not going to be great anyway. But if you're a Notre Dame team and you think that you can make a legitimate run this year, I'm not building for next year, right. man. I'm trying to win now. That's where I'm at with Swing, it, you Swing know? take your shot. Absolutely. Right? Swing take your shot. I am I'm all for that. When you're
3: and if it doesn't work out for you, okay? You you took your shot. I am I'm, I'm a believer in that. What I can't stand is coaches are always positioning themselves for the future because I feel like all you're doing there is you're just trying to talk yourself into another extension? Yeah, you can't. You got. You can't get rid of me now. You 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 know we, we've got this or man. You know, hey look, we've got to we've got to do this and we've got to do that and we've got all this thing and that thing and this other thing and it's just like, no, I don't want to hear all that, man. Like, take your shot. And if it doesn't work out, you figure out where you are and get better and right. take your shot again the next year. That's where Notre Dame should be, and that's where I think that's how I think Marcus Freeman looks at this thing. I really do.
1: Agree, I really do. Next question is from John A One. What's up, John? Is Notre Dame prepping Chris Tyree to be the ultimate flex weapon? Can he be a similar mix of Curtis Samuel from Ohio State and Theo Reddick? Curtis Samuel is an interesting one. He was
3: kind I of think a pure he's more.
2: Moves I think Curtis. Seeker.
1: Do you think Curtis Samuel is more similar in
3: style than than to Chris Tyree? I don't remember Curtis Samuel being as like shifty as like Braxton Miller. He was more of a speed, one cut and go speed guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was a speed guy. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Whereas Theo was a slower but jukey yes. guy. He was
1: like that really like make you miss he, kind of guy. He, but he was like he, fast. Was, he was that true all-purpose running back that could play in the slot. That's what Theo Riddick was. I wouldn't call Theo. I mean, I guess you could call him a, a flex weapon. I guess you could. But like he's more of like a true third down back in the NFL type of thing. While Curtis you know, Samuel is like more could play well, slot in college. In
3: college, yeah. Theo showed he can be a legitimate receiver. I mean, he caught forty passes one year as the starting slot receiver. Sure. Uh, I still remember that dive, that leaping one-handed catch he had against Michigan State. I think in two thousand ten. I think is what it was. I think it was the Little Giants game. In the NFL, you're correct, right? Because he didn't have the speed to play that in the NFL, and the speed yeah. he had to be limited to more. But in college, he to me was a le- legitimate guy that could go play slot in the spread type of offense. Sure. I don't know if if Chris Tyree is that. Yeah, I'm not I sure. I think he's no. more of a running back that can play in the slot. And that's how I feel Curtis Samuel was. He was a running back that could play in the slot in certain looks, get jet sweeps and stuff like that. That's which, is,
1: pre- which is pretty funny because Curtis Samuel ended up being a almost a pure wide receiver in the NFL, yeah. which is
3: kind of funny. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wasn't that in college, in my opinion? Yeah. Here we go. We got some more here. From Domer Grizz mailbag. If you didn't already cover it, what was the biggest surprise from practice one and or the Freeman presser? Anything catch you off guard? Not really, not really I, I why,
3: why did Chris Tyrese switch to number two like I mean, like, I love him wearing the Rockets number I mean whatever, those are the only- su- why why Deion Colsey switched to zero, like okay, that's like there weren't any surprises, um I'm trying to think no, nobody that that um I'm trying to think here uh, anything that just really surprised me, no, not really surprised me no um other than just some of the uh, chris tyree lining up at receiver and drills like okay that surprised me sure that that got me uh nothing else caught me off guard again because we only saw five periods so yeah it's going to be a little bit limited to see to kind of just how much you can you know you can do when that's the situation right all right let's see
1: let's go down here ryan Questions from Irish blooded with the new position coaches, any chance in how the players are responding to them versus previous coaches, not good or bad, just any differences. It's similar to earlier. It, ask me
3: after the April 14th practice. Yeah. Cause that'll be the fourth time we've seen them. We'll see how the player, cause you know the best way to know how players are responding to a coach, Ryan, you know, this, it's a rhetorical question, how they're playing. Yeah. How are they practice? How do they play? If guys yeah. are practicing hard and playing hard, then they're responding well to the coach. If they're not, then they're not responding to the coach. I mean, it's simple as that. I don't. I don't care if they're interacting a certain way or they're feeling a certain way or, or whatever the, else the case may be. It's all about how are they playing. That's that's what it's all about, and you know we'll 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 find that out. We'll find that out. But there's the, the only way I could give that answer after one practice is if I was being disingenuous. In an attempt to try to make it seem, oh wow, they're they're doing this, right. uh, and and they had a great practice today. Clearly, Jared Parker's better than so and so, or Gino's better than so and so, or you know, or, or Al Golden's got all the answers. I have it's, no clue. It's
1: clickbait, no man. No clue. It's clickbait.
3: Yeah. Right. Yep, and yep. it'd be the same thing. Let's say that. Let's say they were not sharp there. Let's say the ball kept hitting the ground. Oh, oh, they missed Tommy Reese, it man. Stink. The ball yeah. was hit the ground. <laughs> You know, they were doing this, you know, they, they they should have paid him more money to keep him. That, it'd be just as disingenuous if I did that, right? It's one practice. We didn't get to see the whole practice. right? Uh, so I understand y'all are excited to get that answer. I get it. I am too. I promise you. But it's just, I can't in good conscience give you that answer after five periods of
1: of that, one that, practice that's that's a that's a down the road yeah. answer and to i won't even
3: feel great about giving it on april 14th because it'll be only the fourth practice
1: at least you'll have more data point at right. that point though exactly so, yeah.
3: exactly exactly so uh, nothing wrong with the question guys it, it yeah. really isn't it nothing wrong with it i understand it it's just i just want you to understand why i just don't feel comfortable really giving you an answer on that
1: well, one right now. I mean, I mean, because I think you have hit something though, Brian. It's like we want to answer these questions as much as you guys yes. all want to hear oh, it, yes. right? It's like who's going to be the breakout star? Is this guy finally going to step to the plate? Is this guy going to be the starter at X position? Like, uh, we don't know right now, right? So it's, uh, it's only the first practice, but I but I get where the optimism and the excitement's coming from because trust me, I want all those answers too. At the end of the day, I want them all. Yeah.
3: Let's go to, I'm going to, so I've talked a lot about the Tyree stuff, Ryan, so I'm going to bring up this question. I'm going to ask it to you because it's asked a little bit of a different way because I, I, you know, you've been, since you weren't at practice today, you've been kind of letting me do a lot of the talking, you know, I, I, I talk a lot anyway, but. Yes, yeah, so it's a little different, but but this is more of a general question, not so much directly related to practice. So I think this would be a really good one because I, I really because I want to get your thoughts on this. Sure. So Adam Zilak says, uh, "Do you believe Chris Tyree can make a big impact in a
1: limited role at wide receiver?" I mean, yes, in the right capacity, for sure, I, Adam. I think that, but he's never going to be a pure wide receiver, in my opinion, right? Like I think that we need to understand what the role that he's playing is. But if Chris Tyree is a running back that is used in some capacity in the slot at times, motioned a little bit all over the place, used in the screen game, maybe a jet suite up occasionally, like that's a success, right? But like I'm not – Chris Tyree's never going to be a guy that I'm like, he's going to run an expansive route tree right from the slot. He's going to be that type of dude, and then he's going to carve out an NFL career as an NFL slot receiver. Like I'm, I'm not there with that, right? But Chris Tyree – with his ability to be a mismatch weapon and a guy that eyes that always has to be accounted for could be a very successful player in a, in a in a in a in a certain role as a slot receiver. I want to see him in at running back, I want to see him in the slot at times, but the slot things that you're gonna ask him to do is not what you're asking a traditional slot receiver to do all the time, right? It's more of hmm. the gadgety stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. That adds value. And honestly, that adds a lot of value to Chris Tyree at the next level when he makes that transition to the NFL, the ability to do a little bit of everything, right? So, yes, I think he can be successful. It's just about – you need to understand when you're talking about him being a wide receiver, what does that actually mean tangibly? I'm not asking him to run a million routes out of the slot. I'm not doing that. But can I throw a screen to him? Can I throw a bubble? Sure. Can I throw a tunnel screen to him? Sure. Can I, you know, let him run just a little angle route or something like that against a certain, you know, slot defender? Sure, he can do those types of things. Can I motion him and get your eyes kind of moving all over the place on a defender? Absolutely. Can I bring him back into the backfield and then run some action out of the out of the backfield in the passing game for sure? There's a lot you can do with Chris Tyree as far as the versatility side, but he's—I don't think that he's going to be a true wide receiver in any sense. If that makes sense. Hopefully, it makes sense. Yeah.
3: I want to thank John Bertucci for giving us a super sticker. We have not gotten hardly any super chats uh, in the last month, which I understand it's that time of year and economy's tough and all that, which we understand. So I really want it when people do it. I really want to say thank you for that yep. uh, very much, John. I appreciate that very, very much.
1: Here we go. Ryan from Brian Denbo is the gap between Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner less than Tyler and Drew pine. Absolutely agree
3: absolutely (laughs)
1: absolutely
3: yes yes
1: the the competition last year was not close folks wasn't close i mean just all it is man and every
3: person i know at notre dame will tell you the same exact thing
1: yeah i only saw two practices last year i'm like this isn't close (laughs) this isn't close Mm -hmm. jason smith has a question he says what will the director of player personnel do Amir Carlisle knows what Notre Dame is about, so I think having those kind of guys on staff or around the program is a great thing and smart. Brian, can I say something before you answer this? Because We had a question about what was something that surprised us during the press conference was part of the question too. Did you catch the part of the press conference where someone asked Marcus Freeman about the general manager position?
3: Did you hear that part? Can I tell you how annoyed I was? That that was the first freaking question after. Yeah, Playhouse. that was weird. Yeah. Like, guys, what are we doing here? Right? Like, it just drives me nuts. Which it probably shouldn't surprise any of you that it drives me nuts because like we're having a show and you guys are talking about other stuff. I'm like, hey, can we talk about what we're supposed to be talking about here? <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I think people are reading a little bit too much into that. Like people say, Oh, he took a shot at Jack. I the oh, guy, is that that what was, like, were running, I don't think that was that's, a shot at yeah, Jack. The guy oh. that was like running cover for Jack. Swarbrick after the Andy Ludwig thing is not going to be, you know, he's not running cut. He's not going to take a shot at him over this, all right? I think it was more clarification. You know, Jack Swarbrick used the term general manager. That's not the position that they've talked about. But see, the way Marcus Freeman made it seem though is he's replacing Dave poloquin and he should replace Dave Pelochan all the way out of the football office. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Uh. It was more of like a, well, we're replacing a guy that is doing something else now. Jack Swarbrick right. made it seem like it was going to be a new position.
1: Yes. And yeah.
3: I, and it wouldn't shock me if Marcus Freeman's vision for what that guy needs to be and Jacks are not on the same page and they end up not doing it. Because I got the impression from Jack that it was like, like a true GM, like a guy that has like a say yeah. on personnel. Right. You cannot do that in college. You cannot do that in college. You need to have the coaches deciding who – because the reason you gotta have a GM doing the NFL, Ryan, is not because coaches don't know how to identify players. You have a you have a salary cap to deal with. Yep. You have you have a much different roster management situation to deal with. And and so it, it's harder for a coach to do that. You don't have a salary cap. You don't have contracts that the coach has got to figure out, you know, where hey, I like you know, you're a Rams fan, right? Hey, we're gonna yep. make these trades and sign these guys, knowing that we're gonna have to gut the team after this year. So we better win a Super Bowl you have to deal with that in college. Right. And, and so it's just a different animal. I, I, I don't think you need that kind of guy. I think what, what, what Clark Lee is doing with Barton Simmons at Vanderbilt is a really good model. He's, he, he, he's part of the evaluation process. He's someone that Clark trusts from a, from a knowledge standpoint, from an evaluation standpoint and from, you know, making sure that, Hey, you're checking, you're checking this, you're checking that, you're doing all these different things. Um, making sure that you know trekking the transfer portal making sure you're scouting the nation for the best recruits because you need that kind of guy it's almost he's 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 a little bit more of a i don't say a little bit more of a a, a, he's a chad bowden type but in a different type of delivery in a, a little different type of way there uh more so than a gm yeah i don't love the idea of a gm as long like i said the gm better not be telling chad what to do or Jared Parker, what to do, or Marcus Freeman what to do, or Al Gold what do. I don't want that role. I want a guy says the coaches, hey, this is what I want you to do. I need you to put this team together, and you guys are going to scour the nation for the transfer portal and find guys that can fit for us. And it's your job, you know, because we can't always get the five stars, it's your job to go find the next Jeremiah Wusu the next Isaiah Fosky, the next Tyler Eifert, the next Zach Martin, the next Will Fuller, lower ranked guys, Ronnie Stanley, that became Mike McGlinchey, that became stars. Go find me those guys because I can't sign a bunch yeah. of these five. Give me that role, and then I've got to make sure that we're coordinating the entire staff to make sure. Hey, guys, you can only bring in two guys at your position this year. Okay, you've got two commits, and you just threw out an offer today to another kid in this class. Ain't happening, fellas. Right? Yeah. That role can be there, but it, that's the only time I'm saying I'm not telling you what to do. Hey, I'm you get you got two corners. You go. Yeah. I don't care who you, you go get who you want, but you can only bring in two corners. And then you take a little bit of that off off the coach's plate, where you and the coach can meet and talk about, it and the head coach can say, "Here's what I want, man. Now, you now go lead and get it done." That's more of how I envision how that role it, should be. It,
1: it makes sense too, because the way Brian uh, Brian Kelly, the way Marcus Freeman was talking about it, Brian, he was talking. He, I think, he literally said, "Director of Player Personnel," right? Which yeah, is and he was
3: talking about replacing
1: Dave Poloquin. So, and that, know, that's Dave what
3: Loquen's moved over. Yeah.
1: And that's what they do, right? It's like the resources outside of the program, talking to NFL teams as well. Like they do all that type of stuff. So that makes a lot more sense. But what did you uh, think? Um, I think the question was about Emil Carlisle yeah. taking over the yeah, position. I, I don't
3: I don't yeah. know knowing Notre Dame has anything to do with it. I, I don't yeah. for, for for the GM type of role. Right. Player personnel type of role. I think a guy like Amir could do a better job. Amir is very intellectually smart, he's a very yeah. smart guy. You know, grew up in the sport. Dad was a strength coach with the Niners and at Purdue, and you know, what I mean, like he grew up around the game. I think there's things that he can bring to the table. He's a former player. Depending on what that role is, he's involved in retention and making sure players are okay and happy, and all. And then that's gotcha. that's right up Amir. I don't think Amir is at a point yet where I would think that he could be out there doing. a a general manager role right now right but director of player personnel from what I know of that job I think it'd be a great job for a guy like Amir Carlisle to do so that's that's my two cents I don't know what you think about that Ryan
1: well no I don't know Amir enough enough to I mean I know him as a player obviously USC Notre Dame but I don't know him well enough to make that distinction personally I know you know a lot more about him really sharp guy
2: Yeah.
3: Very sharp guy. You know, like I said, his dad, Dwayne, was a strength coach for the Niners. He was a strength coach for Purdue. He's been around. I mean, you you want guys like that 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 don't have a lot of he doesn't have a coaching experience, but he's been around the game for a long time.
1: I I think it's experience that he has ties in different parts of the country too. So he's a little more relatable, which I think Mm -hmm. helps in that regard as well. And he transferred, he knows what that process is like.
3: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We have a super chat here from Nathan Milton.
1: Milton says, all I Nathan, I'm sorry, I'll start calling you Nathan, but Milton is just kind of ingrained in my mind. I get it. I get it. All I want to know based on today's practice, what is the likelihood gr- grandma voice and caveman voice grandpa. make more appearances? Oh, I'm sorry, grandpa, grandpa voice that
3: puts and a whole different voice. context into that into that question, right? <laughs> what is the
1: likelihood that grandpa voice and caveman voice make more appearances
3: this year?
1: I mean, when we get to the
3: mailbags this summer, I promise you something's going to set me off. Like the the grandpa voice. The reason I don't do it again is because it was just spur of the moment. I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't even remember what I sounded like, but I'm sure I'll say something where I'll use some voice making fun of. And, and it's never,
1: I'm about. it's never as good when it's forced. It's yeah. never as good when it's forced. It has to be yeah. authentic.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it.
1: Jason Smith says, "What will the director of player personnel do? Amir Carlisle knows what Notre Dame is about, so I think having those kind of guys on staff or around the program is a great thing." So, oh, we, we just answered that one. Oh, sorry. One. sorry. I just re- no, it's it's my fault. I just reread the whole thing again, and I was like, "Oh wait, oh, no." What is the story behind Philip Riley? This is from Fighting Irish fan ninety one. What is the story behind Philip Riley? He was considered nice, highly sought after recruit. Was it a talent issue, injuries, discipline, work ethic?
3: Oh, I—I I, I mean, I don't know if he was the hardest worker on the planet. I think it was just more about feel for the game, uh, more than anything else. And—and and look, notre we, we sit there said Notre Dame had a great cornerback room last year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's part of it too, right? I mean, well, I think because the guy didn't play, he—he he, oh, he's no good, or he wasn't. No, he was pretty. Brock Wright's a perfect example. Brock Wright was a bust. Well, what we'll makes you say that? He was never a second teamer, much less a starter. At Notre Dame, and he was a highly like Brock is a starting tight end in the National Football League, something he could never do at Notre Dame. Well, why did he never start at Notre Dame? Because the two guys ahead of him were even better. And then he and then so Cole Komet, Alizé Mack, and then of course, uh, he shows up and okay, you're a veteran now, now's your time. And who's he battling with? Freaking Tommy Trumbull and Michael Mayer, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Brock He's Wright was a, a- good yeah. football player, yeah. he just it was unlucky. You know, and and I don't think Chip Long liked him to be honest with you as much as other guys, and so um, that was that was my big thing. Ryan is is just because a guy doesn't pan out at Notre Dame doesn't mean he's not a good football player. Sometimes it's just like you know how good you'd have to be to be a starting cornerback on Notre Dame's team last year, not named Benjamin Morrison or,
1: or Cam Hart. Ryan for that tight end comparison, legitimately next NFL season. You could have all of Michael Mayer, Brock Wright, and Tommy Tremble starring in the NFL <laughs> next year, mm-hmm. which is just wild to think about. So I just went through yeah. my mind. I'm like, that whole tight end depth chart that season, what was that? 2020, I guess, would that would yeah. be that season, right? That whole depth chart could be starring in the NFL next year at tight right. ends, which is just wild right. to think about. Absolutely. It's
3: awesome. absolutely nutty. <laughs> it's absolutely nutty. It really is. It just again. So does that mean that Brock Wright was a bust? No. It just means he was on a loaded depth chart and he was in, in, in playing in an offense that the coaches felt he didn't fit as well. Sure. But he's a good football player. He's a good football player. He, he ran like re- a four or five something at, at the pro day. You that? Remember that? Like Brock Wright had like a four or five something at Notre yeah. Dame's pro day. If Brock, Wright was, Brock
1: Wright was talented, man. Like yes. you said, it's just, you right. know, you're you're playing with a bunch of other dudes, you know, like it just happens sometimes.
3: Right. Yeah. Brock Wright at Notre Dame's pro day ran a four six flat, had good. a four two five shuttle and had a nine ten broad jump. Right. I mean Tommy That's Trumbull, good. we always talk about how fast Tommy Tommy Trumbull ran a four five nine. Brock Wright ran a four six flat at No Names Pro Day. Just you know dude wasn't, a, dude wasn't a bust.
1: Yes. He wasn't a bust. Sure. wasn't. Next question from Domer Grizz. He says, I know it was, Oh, sorry. I know it was only five periods. So we might have to wait for the full open practice, but any early impressions on how coach Parker's balanced offense dude, uh, balanced his offensive coordinator duties with tight end coaching and benefit of quarterback only coach. That's I mean, again, I can't tell you that from today's practice,
3: I can answer that question of what I think the benefits are going to be, but right. I can't tell you that from today's practice. I don't think it's a bad thing for a quarterback room after Sam Hartman to have a quarterback's only coach for this season and next. Because development is going to be so key the next two years. So key. And you need someone that can be a technical coach. And it is hard to really get into the minutia of quarterback play when you're the coordinator unless you're really experienced at it. Yep. Or just really good at it. Lincoln Riley can get away with it, but it's a it's a it's a different type of system, right? And he's always relied on guys being really good. And that's not to take away from him. It's just he he hasn't had to coach a lot of projects that need a lot of development. He's had guys that are pretty much ready to play pretty early on, you know what I mean? Yep. And so and he gets the most out of them. That's not a knock on Lincoln Riley, no. you know. Trust me on that. And and so I think there's an advantage to that for Notre Dame. Tyler Buckner really needs that extra attention. Kenny Minchie's going to need that extra attention. CJ Carr's going to need that extra attention next year. And for Jared Parker, the tight end position is a little bit easier to coach because there's two reasons why. Number one is there's just less – quarterback has to do everything. You gotta, you, you're teaching a quarterback. You're teaching him every other buddy, everyone else's position. Yeah. Tight end just basically has to know his position and then occasionally if there's a tackle. But with a tight end also, Ryan, is – during certain periods, you can have him working with Chancey Stuckey and the receivers Yep. while you're doing something else. Or during this period, I've got Joe Rudolph and the O-line GA are doing tackle, tight end, you know, t- tight end tackle guard combos, half-line drills. I don't need to be down there for that. I can watch it on film later and critique it, but I know the O-line coach is going to bust his chops if he's not taking the proper footwork on outside zone because he's teaching – that footwork, me and him are teaching that footwork the same exact way. Sure. We're teaching a combo block technique and responses, same exact way. So the O-line coach can meet with him, you know, and, and you could even say, Hey, look, we're going over some inside zone run, stall, run games install today. So I'm sending my tight ends down with coach Rudolph today. Coach Rudolph's going to work with them on the install. Cause it's going over that technique. I'm going to be over here with the quarterbacks because we're, we got to go over some stuff. I need to make sure that me and the quarterbacks are on the same page or me and the receivers are on the same page. So that's the it's you can't do that if you're the quarterbacks coach though, Ryan. Right? Sure. Who are you going to send them to? Who's the coach that can work on them with the technique, technique wise? You you just don't have that, yeah. and so I think those are some of the benefits of 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 being in that position. In my group but I can't tell you if it's going to definitely be a benefit
1: because but, yeah. But on but on paper, it has a lot of validity to it, right? Yes. Which I think is the yes. biggest thing. So we'll see right. how it works out, but I I do think right. that. On paper, I really like that structure, but we have to right. see what it looks like, obviously.
3: Right. And and I can't tell you in good faith if it if it was worked out great on day one. It's just Notre Dame's players who are really talented look at with no pads on and no defense. Oh, shocker. Right. <laughs> this is exactly why we're fired up by this team. They're really athletic, they're really talented. And now we just gotta see if they can be a great team. That's yeah. so a super chat for another super chat from Nathan Milton. Thank you very much, Nathan. We already answered this one though.
1: We did. Yep. but thank oh. you again, Nathan. Appreciate you. I thought
3: he had another. I thought he had another super. I, chat think, I think. I think we had
1: know. another super chat from Trash down. We did. Below, I saw right? that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From
3: Trash. Thank you. you for You know what it was, chat. Ryan. Yeah. I unstarred Nathan's super chat when we answered it, yeah. and then it, when I went back over, it looked like a new one. That's gotcha. Gotcha. Well,
1: well Nathan, bad. thank you again for the super chat. Trash, Thanks. thank also, you so much. Sorry.
3: Yes, everything's blurry for me today. You know, with my <laughs> sight issues. Yes. So sometimes yes. I can't really read it. That's what. I'm... Ha- you know, yeah, so,
1: I got you, anyway. man. You're all good. I got you. Thank yeah, you to the Super tra- Trash. This was the first time my question has been answered. My questions have been answered. Very exciting experience. Been a fan since birth in 1995. Love the show. Thanks for everything. Thank you,
3: sir. Thank yeah. you very much. I always feel bad for guys like you and Trash, Ryan. And I'm not Why? being, I'm not, I'm being <laughs> serious. <laughs> because yeah. you guys haven't had a chance to live through some of the things that we live through as Notre Dame fans. And yeah, I haven't yeah. even lived through as much as others. I mean, I I know I got an email from a Notre Dame fan the other day, and I think he was born in like the '60s or '50s. Okay. He's talking about like what it was like with Coach Parsegian, and you know, it's just like, man, could you imagine like living through that era? And, I lo- and, I literally could. But imagine. Even the Coach Holder, I mean, Ryan from '88 to '93, Notre Dame was basically Clemson. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's pretty good, and they were like the only team that could beat Miami, and Miami was Alabama of that era, and and. Yeah. I've said this before. Miami won three titles in five years, and the two years they didn't win a title were years they played Notre Dame at home in South Bend got beat. I mean, that's, that's it. Otherwise, they'd have won five straight titles perhaps, you know? And so uh, the fact that you guys didn't get experience the greatness of Notre Dame, and that's why I think more Notre Dame, young Notre Dame fans are more willing to kind of say, hey, I'll give up the tradition. I'll give up this. I'll give up that because I don't think they can win this way. And I'm like, no, they can win that way. You know? Oh, but there's so much cheating. On it. Trust me, bro. Go watch – listen – Go watch Pony Excess. I've seen it. <laughs> that,
1: that was happening
3: during Lou Holtz's tenure, like the late eight. Like part of it was the 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 thing after the probation, they played a Lou Holtz coach team and got destroyed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they were talking about that. So like all that cheating that they kept talking about, that was happening in the eighties and nineties when Lou Holtz was dominant Notre Dame, <laughs> and you know they still they knew how to sell kids and get kids here. That was the big key.
1: Well, one positive trash that I will say is that our experiences have hardened us, okay? Yeah, I have a hard outer it. shell. Nothing can hurt me, Brian. Nothing emotionally can hurt me ever again because I'm a right. Notre Dame fan. So right. That and, was born and in the
3: now, 90s. I've, well, I've seen it. I've seen Notre Dame win in eras of just blatant cheating and all these other th- steroids and all this other stuff. And I'm like, they don't need to sacrifice who they are. Yes. My issue with Notre Dame is what you view as who you are is flawed. You know what I mean? Like, that's my issue. it it, there's nothing about your tradition that says you shouldn't have a top five highest paid coaching staffs in college football there's nothing about your tradition says now does that mean you bring in a kid with a 2.0 no i'm not saying that does that mean you you don't make a kid take a real degree track because he's a great football player no i I don't believe in that i wholeheartedly don't believe in that yeah that's not the sacrifice you want to start paying kids and I, i i'm good with you not doing that it's those other things that there's no re if notre dame wanted to say hey we're going to have a top five coaching staff every year we're, we're guaranteed as long as we're winning 10 plus games you're going to be we're going to have the top five highest paid coaching staff they could raise the money like that sure every year but it's a choice those are the things that need to change not academic standards or nil stopping none of that stuff's all that stuff's excuses is ryan sure. you and i know you and i know of kids that have turned down seven figure offers To come to Notre Dame. You and I know of this. Right? Confirmed on both sides. Yes. So there are kids out there like that. There are CJ cars out there who don't care about that stuff. I just want to go be developed and win a championship and get a great degree. There's plenty of kids like that. You got to go get them. You can't miss them. And that's the the difference. Uh, They don't need to sacrifice the other things to win
1: standards right
3: wow. yep, yeah exactly it does make me sad that you guys and i'm not saying trash feels that way or you feel that way yeah. it just makes me sad that you guys haven't been able to live through that right and experience what that's like because like you said you were born after 88 yep and so you know you didn't get to live through that it's you know
1: all the trials and tribulations that made me stronger brian that's all i gotta say yeah <laughs> yeah yes yeah all right let's get some more. that's why it's right. just going to feel so sweet when they finally do though so that's, it will it yeah. will. It absolutely will. Absolutely will. I think actually we already got to that one. Nathan Milton said, when was there a more talented Notre Dame quarterback room? So I'd probably have to
3: go to twenty was it be twenty fourteen? In twenty fourteen you had Everett Golson, Malik Zaire, Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. That would Just be that blah, was. Blah broad yes, tools, just, so God like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a sick room, man. Yeah, uh, 2015 or 2014, um, 2015 was pretty talented too. You had Malik, Deshaun, and Brandon Wimbush. That was a pretty loaded, pretty loaded quarterback room as well. Yes, yeah, man. yeah, that was a, that was a pretty talented quarterback
1: room. The, the Kaiser Golson, Zaire one probably yeah. wins. So that's pretty now. Wild. You know what this
3: class does, or what that group doesn't have, like. The, that group didn't have a number four like this team is going to have. Sure, sure. Right? And that team didn't have the experience of a guy like Sam Hartman that this group has. But just God-given ability, yeah. Yeah. Sure. That group had. I mean, Malik Malik had a bazooka for an arm, and he could run. Deshaun was like a prototype drop-back quarterback that could also run. He had a cannon Everett for an arm, Everett had the second-best arm I've ever seen at Notre Dame behind Jimmy Clausen. I mean, and, and that's even debatable. He just had such a natural gift of throwing the football. Just God given ability, I'd say that that 2014 room to me when it takes the cake. With mm-hmm. Everett Malik and Deshaun, that's a pretty good <laughs> that's a pretty good room, man. Yeah. That's a pretty good
1: room. This, despite, all the, uh, despite all the the question marks around Deshaun Kaiser, he's still went in the second round because he was but so talented. It didn't come until <laughs> later though. Oh no, I'm just right? saying I'm like, just I'm, yeah. I'm illustrating how gifted he was talent wise, yeah. is all I would say. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. he was third
3: string on that team. Yeah. 13 quarterback on the 2014 team is a little nutty,
1: a little nutty from DC Irish. One, two, one, three best running back on Notre Dame roster in 2023. Whoever's hot. Any
3: particular given Saturday. I mean, it, 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 this question is going to keep getting asked in a lot of different ways. It's going to, which Saturday are we talking about. Yeah. I mean, it's some weeks it's going to be Audric, Some week it's going to be Logan. Some weeks it may be Chris Tyree. Some weeks it may be Jadarian price. Heck, Heck, who knows, Ryan? Some weeks it may be Jeremiah Love. It's gonna be somebody different each week. They've got a that's the kind of running back room they have. Yep. It, it really is. It really is.
1: It's a silly, silly room, man. Silly yeah. brew.
3: Yep, it really is. All right. I this was a great response from Karen when we were talking about the, you know, what do you you want to build for 23? And her answer was this is how it should be. It's like, can't we have both 23 and 24? That's exactly how the mindset yes, should be.
1: We can. We can. Yes.
3: Yes. 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 I mean, that's ex- Karen. That's exactly the mindset people need to have. And you can, well, it's a Homer take, but it's also a practical take. Why am I going to sacrifice this year for next year? I'm going to go out there and try to win a championship this year. And then you know what I'm going to do after this year's over? I'm going to do whatever I need to do to build my roster, go out and win a title that could be for title next year. Do you think Kirby's like, well, you know, we've won two. So let's take this year off, <laughs> rebuild, have yeah. some fun, and let's go try to win it again in 20? No, he's like, okay, that's so how we're going to do it now. Hey, that, well, it's that, like, that's it's like, behind like, us. That, it was that before, changed behind
1: us. That literally happened before last season, Brian. There were some people that were like, oh, man, Georgia lost 15 guys to the NFL. They can't yeah. possibly do it again. It's like, ah, we can still do it again, you know? <laughs> like,
3: yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. We got another one here from Trash,
1: Ryan. Super chat from Trash. Thank you again. Appreciate you. S- yes, I've been hardened. Watched every single game with my father, 12-0 seasons, the heartbreaks, losing to Navy. I've seen it all. Now, see, that's something I didn't see until my
3: adult years. Yeah. Like, I was in my 20s the first time I saw Notre Dame lose to the Navy. That was like, what just happened? Yes. What? Just, oh, did or, Evan Sharpley seriously just get beat by Navy? Yes, he did.
1: Uh, Tul- yeah. Don't forget Tulsa, man. Don't forget Tulsa. Yeah, well, that was
3: 2010. You know what, though? But that Tulsa team was a 10-win team that year. Man. Yeah, there was no excuse losing lose to, it. but your starting quarterback <laughs> gets knocked out of the game in the first half. Yeah, right. Yeah. You got to bring in a true freshman off the bench, and even then, you still have a chance to win if Brian Kelly doesn't make that stupid play call in the fourth quarter. But I mean, I'm not saying, and and but let's be real too. Those Navy teams that they lost to, those were good Navy teams. Those were not like the sure. three and eight Navy teams that almost beat Bob Davie. That that because Paul Johnson had them rolling at that point. That that Ricky Dobbs Navy team in uh. 2010. I mean yeah, Ricky,
1: Ricky Dobbs was sick, man. He was sick. Yeah. yeah.
3: That was that was a good room. <laughs> that was a good room, Ryan. I'm not gonna lie to you. That was yeah. a good room. I mean, you had some dudes back then. You, you definitely did. had
1: some dudes. Let's go to here. We go. Here's another one, Ryan. From Ian Johnson who says, What position is the best, easiest to coach if you are a bad recruiter?
3: So I wouldn't say it's the best, easiest to coach. I would say – I don't think there's any position that's easier because you're a bad recruiter or if you're a bad sure. recruiter. I would say there are some positions, however, where I don't care if a guy is a bad recruiter or not. Um, or or I'll, I'll be more willing to accept it if he's a great coach. If everything people said about how he, he stands as a recruiter was true, I still wouldn't care. Yeah, Because it's like he's coaching a great line. He's put guys in the NFL – let Chad Bowden, let Tommy Reese, let Marcus Freeman go get the linemen. Just say, hey, coach, who do you want, man? Just tell me who you want, and I'll go get them for you. I mean, Joe Moore didn't recruit a lick. Vinny Serato went out and got all his linemen, which is part of the problem, according to some people, because he wasn't as good of an evaluator at it. You know, But that's the thing, Ryan, is give me an elite offensive line coach. I can have other people recruit his position. He can meet with them online, and or mean when they're on campus, and do some do enough of that. But like when a guy's an elite coach, it sells itself. Hey, man, do you want me to you know tell you how pretty you are every day, or do you want to come or do you want
1: to come play for me and help me develop you in the top ten pick? Which one? Pick Offensive linemen are different cats, man. I mean, they they don't they don't really care about the glitz and glamour of recruiting most of the time. You know, not not most of them anyway. Most positions aren't that way, Ryan. I mean, running back.
3: I don't think you have to be a great recruiter to be a good running backs coach. I think it's a position you need to have a good recruiter. I mean, there's yeah. no excuse for that if you have the rest of your operation. But even then, like, I, I just, I want a good recruiter there. I just don't think you necessarily need it. Yeah. But I mean, most other positions, Ryan receivers, one where I don't know if a guy has to necessarily be a great recruiter.
1: How about, how about the a system sells itself? How about, a, itself. How about like, a special teams coach? I mean, yeah, really yeah. Too many specialists, right? Well,
3: like receiver <laughs> Ryan, like when chip long was here, yeah. Notre Dame didn't have as many problems recruiting receiver because Chip recruited them. Sure. But that's, you know, that's not ideal. That's not ideally where you want to be, to be completely honest with you. For sure. So I think the o line's the only one I'd feel really comfortable with at all, in my opinion. Uh, Gumbo Gumbo, and Boudain says, I'm a year older than Brian. And became a fan around the same time, and saw the greatness of Notre Dame at the same time, and lived there all these painful years after getting hooked. Yeah, that's been the, that's, I guess that's the flip side is is you don't have the same frustration of, but you've seen the greatness and it's sure. gone. But I went through a period like that, Ryan, in the two thousands. Of, because as a Notre Dame fan, a Denver Bronco fan, a Boston Celtics fan, and a Cincinnati Reds fan, the early two thousands sucked. <laughs> They, I mean, you, I went from John Elway my whole life to frickin' Brian Greasy. You know what I mean? Like, the Celtics were terrible. And one year, the Celtics scored like 50-some points in a playoff game. It was just so bad. The Reds stunk, and and Notre Dame stunk. So, it was like – because, like, if you think about it, Ryan, growing up in the 80s as a fan of those four teams, that was phenomenal. <laughs> Notre Dame won a title. The Reds yeah. won the World Series in 1990. I lived through three Boston Celtics championships. I remember two of them for sure. You know, I, I mean, the Broncos made it to three Super Bowls. Like, that was a glory years for me. And then I went through that desert after that. Yeah. Man. But I've been able to f- get some championships since then. The Reds suck, have sucked ever since. But, like, the Celtics got got another title uh, with Kevin Garnett and, and those guys. And then, obviously, the Broncos won two Super Bowl championships in the late late 90s, but then, you know, went a long time without it, but got me back with the the win a couple years, you know, a few years ago with uh, Von Miller and that, that team. So, but yeah, it's been rough, man. It, as a Notre Dame fan, it's, it's been rough in that regard. There's yeah. no doubt. There's no, no
1: doubt. Notre Dame wasn't awful, but I remember a period where the, uh, I'm a Sixers fan from basketball perspective, and they were working through the process. You remember the process? That was a fun oh, time, yeah. right? But the Rams... Dunk at that point, man. They went through a before McVeigh got there, they went through like Linehan, Spagnola, just like a whole bunch of bad. At, and so they were bad. The Phillies hadn't made a a playoff until this year in like 10 years or something yeah. like that. Like there was a lot of bad years there, man. Yeah. Bad years.
3: Got the last three
1: questions, Ryan. Let's go here yeah. with uh, Wade Garrett. Wade Garrett says, If this was talked about, just tell me to go back and video to watch. LOL. How much better it would wasn't. Tyler? How much would yeah, because we're talking about it right now, right? So how much better would Tyler need to be than Hartman to be named the starter? I mean, I don't know if he has to be like if I could
3: put a, a quantify it just it has at the end, he just needs to just outplay him. Just it can't be like where he outplayed Ty uh 14 non like the blue gold game. I don't care about. It. So there's 14 practices. If Tyler outplays Sam for seven and Sam plays out Tyler for plays Tyler for seven, Sam's starting. But if Tyler's out there and he outplays him like 12, 13, he just needs to be – because here's the reason why. So that doesn't seem fair. It's fair because there, there does come a level of – you know, you said, well, you 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 can't show a guy on the field – you can't show what you're capable of on the field if you never get a shot on the field, and that's true. But with Sam Hartman, we, we know what he's capable of. Right. We, we've seen him. We've seen him
1: do Re- it. Resume matters, right? Right. Yeah. And we've seen him do it.
3: And with Tyler, it's like, do I really want to sacrifice, you know, Sam maybe leaving after the spring because Tyler outplayed him in some practices, knowing that Tyler could get hurt again. I just, I, yeah, I can't go there. But if, it, but at the same time, but if Tyler's just clearly the better quarterback, like, hey, Sam, I'm sorry, man, but Tyler's the guy. Uh, I just don't think that's going to happen. I think Tyler needs this year to really develop his game. And then just, I think he can become a dude the next
1: couple of years, Ryan. I really do. Let's, let's hope, man. Yeah. Hoping for it. Yep. Last couple. From Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker, if Freeman and Hartman win a national championship this year, where does that put them in Notre Dame history legendary status? Wow, we're going there already.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, look, I I think it puts them right there in that conversation, Ryan. I I think championships at Notre Dame are a big thing. Lou
1: Holtz is considered a legend. He won one title. If Sam Hartman comes in one year at Notre Dame and wins a national championship after having the drought that Notre Dame has had, then he is a – He's a legend. Oh, yeah. like, yes. I, yes. Is yeah. he Brady Quinn?
3: No, he's not Brady Quinn because Brady's got but yeah, I mean, he's in that conversation, dude. I mean, he's a guy that Notre Dame fans will love. they absolutely yeah. love. I mean, think about how how Notre Dame fans feel about Jack Cohn. How many times yeah. did you and I hear that your man, if Jack Cohn was on this team, they'd be undefeated. And Jack didn't. I mean, Jack didn't even get him to a playoff game. Right, But it's just he was a good kid. He played hard. He showed some grittiness. I mean, I'll still never forget his finger getting dislocated like during the game-winning drive. Runs over, they pop it back in, and he goes and throws a game-winning touchdown pass. It's just like that's how you endear something to Notre Dame fans yeah. outside and win a championship. But Sam will bring some of that grittiness. But if he goes out and wins a championship, I mean, he's a legend. And the same thing with Marcus Freeman. It's like if he wins a championship, he's he's in that – I mean, he's getting a statue built, right? I mean, sure. every other coach that has a won a championship got a statue built. Right. Yeah. He's going to have a gate named after him somewhere in Notre yeah. Dame, like all yeah. the other coaches do.
1: And, and the long-term legacy for Marcus Freeman is, is if they win a national championship with how that guy recruits, good luck, college football. Good luck.
3: There's good no luck. doubt. If I'm not, you, yeah, you're going to be just like, hey, man, we'll, we'll pay you guys $20 million. NFL team, we'll pay you $20 million if you guys will go hire Marcus Freeman. Seriously. seriously. We'll pay for the buyout.
1: <laughs> here's the last question from Jimmy McGill. Jimmy McGill says, does Joshua Burnham get meaningful snaps this year? I'm super excited to see him this year. He better, man. He better yeah. is all I have to I'll say. I'll be shocked. Barring injury, I'll be shocked if he doesn't get meaningful
3: snaps this year. Absolutely shocked. Yeah. Absolutely shocked. And again, if you can't get a kid like him on the field, that he's not the problem. You are as a coach. He's, he's probably
1: he's probably your most talented player in the Viper room. So I would like, say this. He is
3: your pound-for-pound pound best athlete on defense. I'll say that, and no one's going to change my mind.
1: I wouldn't and push. And back let me it, I may say he's got to start
3: because I think Jordan Patel could be a really good player. Yeah, but you got to play both of them. You don't ask Jordan to play 600 snaps this year. Don't ask him to play as many snaps as Isaiah Foskey did. He's Isaiah wore down, and Isaiah is bigger than Jordan is. Yeah, so no, play them both. Play yep. them both, and and play Junior. Find a role for Junior as well. Junior to Alamakov. Play them both. Absolutely, right. Absolutely. That's well, that's going to do it for all the questions, Ryan. If you want to take us
1: out of here. Absolutely. I want, to pr- I want to thank everybody for all the great questions and the great super chats. Make sure before you leave this video, if you could just hit the like button on this for us, we'll be back for the rest of the week. We'll be back at two o'clock every day, the rest of the week. Like I That's said a before, a reminder yes. for
3: that, Ryan, I'm sorry. Yep. I forgot to tell people about that just because of everything with the practice day and getting that stuff ready, the pro day on Friday. I didn't want to be like 1 o'clock one day, 2 o'clock another, 1 o'clock. So that's why we decided. And I just forgot to announce it, Ryan. So I'm so glad that you did that. I just wanted people to understand.
1: And we'll do the same thing on Saturday. We'll probably have a 2 o'clock show on Saturday as well. Yep. So we will be 2 o'clock the rest of the week. Make sure to stay tapped in to the website at irishbreakdown.com as well as the message board at boards at irishbreakdown.com. We'll be having a lot more content for you all. Outside of it being spring football starting this week, it's also a big recruiting week for obviously for Notre Dame, getting some talented players on campus, so make sure to go sign up at borisandirishbreakdown for all the for the all the up to date information that we can bring to you all. I want to thank you guys again for joining us today. From Brian, I am Ryan. We'll see you all next time on the Irish Breakdown podcast.